Do you find yourself regularly sneaking to the pantry to help yourself to get another chocolate? Or maybe you're always craving salty snacks. Either way, are you grabbing them because you're hungry or are you actually seeking comfort? During stressful and uncertain times, many people resort to comfort eating, which results in guilt and shame, which can then have a negative impact on their mindset and how they perceive food. In today's episode of Marketing and Me, I'm chatting with Estelle Coomheath about triggers and signs to look out for, because breaking the comfort eating habit is possible. So put that chocolate biscuit away. Yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Step out into the fresh air and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you overcome their fear of failure and find the courage within to step up, show up, and make an impact on the world while also living a lucrative life and reaching their full potential. And I do this through strategic marketing advice and engaging conversational copywriting at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today I'm joined by my guest, Estelle Coombe-Heath. Welcome, Estelle. Thanks for having me, Leanne. So exciting. Uh, So Estelle helps career women overcome binge and overeating using her signature quit binge eating formula. With a background in business analytics, Estelle now leads various programs on changing mindsets around healthy eating habits and food choices. So as a holistic health coach, Estelle infuses yoga mindfulness and energy medicine into consultations with clients. I love that. Very holistic. Um, <laughs> her sessions encourage clients to dive into the self-transformation that health practices like the positive mindset, yoga and meditation can provide. Uh, so all very cool. And, and Estelle and I met, um, or still uh, met via an online BX networking event. I know I've talked about BX a couple of times um, and we're formed at just an instant connection and so we've since like helped each other out as a referral partners, sharing each other's social media posts, expand the reach uh, in each other's communities. And Stella's also recently joined my Digital VIPs membership, which is pretty cool. Woo. Uh, so for everyone out there listening, Stella, could you please share a little bit more about your business journey and, and what brought you to where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm not sure where to start, really. I've... Um... My business um, kind of grew out of a passion for me wanting to help other women. Uh, I struggled with my own personal journey through um, emotional eating, um, a couple of years of where I struggled with binge eating, and later on developed orthorexia as well. And from that, I really, you know, felt that life shouldn't be so difficult and it shouldn't evolve around food all the time. I was constantly thinking about food. If it wasn't because of, um, out of guilt for what I've eaten, it was 
making plans on how I'm going to be better in my eating. And it was just a constant thing that took over my mind. And I just like, you know, I just felt like this is not how I, you know, I wanted to live my life and I didn't want, um, I felt like there must be other women feeling the same. And I just didn't want anyone else to go through this. You know, this is, um, it was just such a struggle for me. And, um, you know, I was kind of already passionate about, um, you know, a healthy lifestyle, exercising a lot um, and, you know, trying to stick to normal eating plans. And I went to a, a Mind Power seminar, actually, by a guy called Robin Banks. Um, and he actually um, let us create our dream career. And, you know, I thought I was pretty happy where I was. I had this career as a business analyst and I, you know, was making a difference. Um, and during that process, I realized I actually wasn't passionate about, you know, helping in, the, in that time. I was working with like investment houses. I was helping people grow their, you know, investment portfolios. And it, it you know, as exciting as it was and with all the deadlines and all the projects. <laughs> Sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just really wasn't something that was lighting me up. And through that process, something just tweaked in my head. And it was um, in that he, our next question was, well, what did you want to do? You know, what did you, what do you envision being your career? And the vision I had was, you know, he really encouraged not thinking the how, but just, you know, let your imagine go. And I saw myself standing on the stage with a sea of people and I was talking to them about health. And that's kind of where that's kind of sparked that was in back in 2015, um, kind of sparked the, um, I didn't know how, I didn't know why, but I knew that um, I needed to help others not struggle the way I did. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, yes, yes, I love it. And I think uh, and this came up in conversation recently, quite often what you're doing in your business is a reflection of where you used to be and, you know, something you've overcome. And you're like, I learned this. I want to have other people learn this as well because you just feel amazing as a result and you want others to feel the same. So a very big change, I guess. Uh, what was the next step from there? You start doing trainings or, or diplomas or, or what, what was the next step? Yeah, well, from there, well, I kind of had to put that on the back burner. We just uh, found out we were moving to Australia. So I, I kind of needed to find my roots and my, my feet for a while. So I didn't actually think about it. It was always in the back of my mind. And um, I still kept up my passion for exercise and, um, you know, however, um, I became quite obsessive about being thin being healthy and that's where the orthorexia kind of took over um at the that time I actually thought I wanted to teach people how to be my version of healthy which is don't eat sugar don't eat dairy don't eat this you know eat only pure <laughs> but I didn't realize that that form of thinking and that behavior was driving me to binge eat almost daily and that really made me feel terrible about myself. It really pulled into my self-esteem. And, um, yeah, I kind of didn't know where to go from that perspective. However, I went to a yoga workshop 
And in that workshop, we talked about anatomy and how the body works. And in that workshop, I decided, yes, this is my kind of my nudge from the universe saying, uh, you need to take this further. So I started exploring, did my yoga teacher training. Um, I really wanted to learn more about the connection of mind and body. Um, and then I did some my health coaching training, um, which was really helpful. Um, and for what I wanted to do at the time, that would have been great. However, when I realized that, you know, dealing with disordered eating and, you know, disruptive eating pattern behaviors, I needed to do a bit of further studying. So, yeah, delved into some NLP, cognitive uh, uh, behavioral therapy, EFT, those kind of things. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of stuff you have to cover with the yeah the psychology and everything of why you're doing it deep down. You may think, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm just a bit stressed, or you know, or I'm just a bit tired, or something. And then it's so I've, I've heard things like you know the patterns. So I, for example, if I'm feeling tired, I instantly think I've got to have chocolate because I'm tired. And that's, I dissociate with getting that bit of a boost, feel good endorphins from that piece of chocolate when I'm tired. And really I'm actually be thirsty. Like it's probably something completely different, but I've just gone to that habit of tired equals chocolate, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know maybe do I want to break that habit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good with just having one piece of chocolate or two maximum. Like I'm pretty uh, good with that. That's but, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I've just been scarred. I just remind myself, no, remember how sick you felt that other time when you had that little bit too much. Just remember that. Um, so, okay. So how do you define the words comfort eating and what are some of the signs to look out for? Yes. Beautiful question. So, you know, if we had to go with a textbook definition, Comfort eating is any time we eat when we are not hungry. <laughs> so that's quite a, a loose definition, but, you know, if we had to go with that, that's every time you, you know, eat when you're bored. It's when you, you know, al- alone at night eating on the couch. It's um, basically, uh, it could even be a form of like you've already full, but you keep um, eating more like second or third plates of food and that is um, some form of comfort that you are craving from the body and our bodies know that food will give us that comfort so in essence it's it's basically forms a, a as a distraction of how we are actually feeling that's probably like yeah, the tired things you know tiredness for me like oh, i'll have the chocolate and really Maybe you're worn out. Maybe you need to have an early night instead. <laughs> and have that bit of sugar right before going to bed. Maybe not ideal. Um, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, I'm guilty of that, I guess, you know, when there's really nice food out. For example, I'm over at a friend's house and they've done put a lot of effort into lovely food. I'm actually full, but I feel like it will be rude if I don't, mm. you know, um, yeah. it'll be rude if I don't finish what's on my plate. So I think I didn't like it or something. So that's <laughs> kind of like some of the stories that I tell myself, like, yeah. And then obviously it's also from, you know, your child will be told, I'll eat everything on your plate. Um, and like, oh, I better do that. So yeah. I, um, I guess, yeah, like before bed, I usually have my tea and then that something sweet. I'm usually full, but it's like, 
that's my comfort end of the day, got through the day <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> so I, yeah, I resonate with that. Um, and so why, why, why is it so bad for us? This you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of comfort eating. We, you know, we often think that comfort eating is only associated with negative emotions or negative things happening in our lives. However, you know, we, we comfort eat, um, celebrating things as well you know that can also be seen as a form of um, comfort eating or some form of emotional eating so you know if you're doing um, a little bit of that during the week and it's not really bothering you then I don't think there's really that much harm you know if it's something that you're constantly um, doing if you find that after every meal you need to comfort eat or Every evening you're sitting there um, comfort eating and you are you plagued with guilt afterwards and there's a sense of shame after comfort eating. That's when we really need to, to start looking out for that. There's more psychological and emotional damage that happens um, with, with the guilt and shame that we add compared to, you know, just having that piece of chocolate and being okay with it, you know. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I'm usually like, I'm okay with this. This is okay. I've, I've eaten well all yeah. day, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> versus, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this. Oh, well, I'll start again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are some <laughs> things you can do? Like if you do have that craving or you feel like I should have that sweet thing or whatever, what, what should you do instead? Okay. Well, um, your chocolate example is actually such a great way for you to possibly look at um, some sources of magnesium to add into your diet somewhere. Um, But emotionally, uh, craving chocolate actually means that you are craving love and support. So a hug can actually be really good. And sometimes, you know, just that, and if it's craving a chocolate at the end of the day, it's often that you just need to feel safe and secure um, at the end of the day. So uh, <laughs> so hug, hug my husband instead of having a piece of chocolate um, or oh, double whammy I can't have chocolate while hugging him Woo! yeah exactly <laughs> well, that's really interesting and so what okay what's some other examples of foods and what they represent Does it be uh, yeah beautiful uh, like uh, if you crave salty foods that's a form of actually saying that first of all you might actually be di- dehydrated and the body knows that if you eat salt, you'll drink water to, to calm it down for some reason. And so it kind of tricks you to think, oh, I need salty foods to to, to, to get some water in me. Yeah, that's what the cinemas do, right? Big things are popcorn, so you have to buy a drink to go exactly. with it. Yeah, it's all marketing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, so, craving salty foods actually has a lot to do with anxiety. And... Um, it's, you know, we often tend to lean to salty saltiness when we've got that anxiety going. And, you know, um, something that you can do from that perspective is make sure that you connect back with your body uh, a lot more often, manage your anxiety, um, and just find ways to kind of stress relief a little bit during the day. Very interesting. Yes, yeah, so I don't often crave salty things. Occasionally it's like chips. If it's something like hot chips, that's my little go-to if I do feel it. Um, the salt thing, yeah, because I my body doesn't always absorb 
absorb water easily. And so I've been told, yeah, salt in my water and things, the magnesium thing. I think I really get onto that because a few people have said that to me now. Um, and okay, so are there any others that we could look out for that people crave for and what they mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, your sugar create um, cravings usually come from um, a little bit of stress. You know, when, when our bodies are in stress mode, um, sugar cravings are normally quite high because we've got this cortisol running through our system. Cortisol means oh, we might need to run away from something. Body knows, ah, I need to have quick energy. It knows that sugar is going to give that to you. So um, when you do have those sugar cravings, possibly check in. Am I a little bit stressed? Do I need to um, manage this a little bit? Um, you know, from that perspective. However, sugar cravings also from an emotional perspective often come from not experiencing joy in your life or, um, you know, we used to celebrate joyfulness um, with with sugar as a yes, little kid. birthday parties, yeah. Birthday parties, yeah. you know, uh, the joy of getting that lolly after an injection as a baby, you know, that, you know, even if you just take it even further, like um, drinking mum's milk was nice and sweet and comforting. And so often from an emotional perspective, you're lacking that joy when you're craving sugar. And it could be out of boredom. Um, it could just be that you're not emotionally um, stimulated in the mind. Um, so look where you can possibly go and do something that's creative, whether that's, you know, like an at-home dance party or, you know, taking out the coloring book um, or, you know, go and bake something like that's always <laughs> quite helpful. <laughs> yes. Oh, I baked yesterday. I baked banana bread with my daughter, um, <laughs> which was, I, I was probably good because it was just as I finished my work and I was like, oh, it's too early to do dinner. And I guess I put probably would have otherwise gone for something sweet, but I ended up doing that with her instead. Um, so, so it basically just, if you feel it coming on rather than just giving in, just to stop and reflect, what does this mean? Uh, and I've heard of like, yeah, maybe distracting yourself, like you were saying with another activity first. And then I've also heard if you really, if you still have that craving like half an hour later, just indulge in it but enjoy it and don't do the guilt tripping yeah. thing. That's what I have heard somewhere in my life. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. I'm like, no, I still really want that chocolate, so I'm going to have that chocolate. And no, I did everything. It was out of my hands. I had to have it. <laughs> stories to say um okay so a topic today we want to talk about was you know especially with uncertainty um and so comfort eating and and why it is common during uncertain times first of all just give some example of uncertain times i guess 2020 2020 has been pretty uncertain but some other instances of what's uncertain and why you think they're linked Mm. Okay, yes. So major life events like moving house, for example, is, you know, a lot of people feel like when they are moving house, they feel uprooted, they, you know, unsure about, you know, themselves, about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, They don't know whether they're going to make new connections, whether their family would be happy, all those kind of things um, is one example, you know, other examples could be also possibly like, um, you know, a divorce or, um, you know, being single every year, like all of a sudden. Um, 
that's an uncertain time. You don't know if you're going to find love again or, you you know, you're in pain because of your loss. Um, but there's definitely this sense of, well, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and so basically the food, though, is reliable. You trust it. You know after you have it, you feel good. It's kind of you can predict the result of something. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely, you know, as as I said earlier, you know, my example of the baby getting mum's milk, you know, back when we were babies, we felt an emotion or uncomfortable or pain, whatever, we cry, we didn't know what we wanted or how to fix it. Mum would go, oh, okay, you know, they would check all the things. I'm not a mum, so, but, you know, like the usual things, you check the nappy and then possibly along the line you're going to check whether this baby's hungry baby's crying don't understand what's going on with them they're feeling something all of a sudden there's this beautiful milk it's tasty it's sweet it's creamy and you know that's where a lot of comfort eating comes in ice cream (laughs) my gosh yes (laughs) ice cream is like your mom's milk there you go Uh, (laughs) well I'm very I'm uh, yeah I found um Ben and Jerry's to a dairy-free ice cream because I'm I'm intolerant, yeah, da- to dairy. Mm-hmm. I mean, also gluten, but more so for dairy. So it's dairy free, but it does have the cookie, um, cookies, uh, dough, which is gluten. But I'm like, oh, it's amazing. So for ages, I walk past going, oh, it's like 12 bucks. I can't justify it. And then I'm like, no, I'm worth it. If I'm going to have yeah. a thing, I want high quality. <laughs> and yeah, so there's my, my, my little go to when I, when I want to. Um, but I, yeah, I can't just have it randomly. I had it, yes, uh, a couple of days ago in the middle of the day and I actually felt off. So <laughs> it definitely is not when I'm hungry. It is that little filler after dinner. Mm. I've just worked out in my stomach. Um, so ice cream aside. Um, <laughs> but all right. So like I want to talk more about, yeah, so your tips for overcoming these habits. So if you are feeling uncertain, look, you have kind of mentioned some strategies like the coloring books or hugs if you can, whatever. But what other tips, like you can, you can mention your program if you like a little bit here, but just what can we do to just eat food when we're hungry? Yeah, beautiful. So, you know, if you are finding yourself like eating in comfort time, like, um, during uncertain times, just, you know, first of all, just like seeing that as a signal that something is out of, you know, out of sync. I always like to um, use forms of overeating, whether it's comfort eating or binge eating or, you know, emotional eating as a, a symptom and a signal that something is out, out of alignment some way. And all you need to do from that is just be a bit compassionate and go, oh, okay, I'm not hungry right now. Why, why am I actually um, eating at this moment in time? And, you know, understanding then that ah, yes, things are uncertain. And when we are uncertain, unfortunately, our very basic needs of safety and security has been compromised. And we can't do anything if we don't feel safe. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety and security is right at the bottom and it forms the cornerstone of what we you know, what we need in order for us to thrive before feeling emotions, before feeling creative, any any of those things. So 
possibly then asking, well, am I feeling a little bit unsafe? Am, am I feeling uncertain? And from that, just going, okay, you know, what can I do about the politics or what can I do about, you know, this pandemic or, you know, what can I do right now? And focus on right now being present in this moment. And often that will allow us to just calm down, focus on one thing. So that's where my yoga comes in. I was about yeah. to say, that's, that's where the yoga, the, the mindset, the mindfulness, I guess, right now. Just only focus yeah. on right now. Absolutely. The the second thing is obviously, you know, often comfort eating comes from us being hungry and the body feeling uncomfortable from being hungry. It's a survival instinct. We want to make sure that we don't perish from not eating. So <laughs> if you um, you find yourself comfort eating at the end of the day, you can also just check in, well, did I eat enough today? Did I did the food that I eat um, ate Maybe it wasn't enough, or maybe it wasn't. It, it, there wasn't enough nutrients in it. You know, you might have eaten a lot of food, but maybe your body is needing something else. And the way it shows up is in cravings for sugary things or salts or you know those kind of things. So again, just making sure that you um, you know have a plan for eating and not making sure or make sure that your body does not think that you're going to starve and die. <laughs> and I think as well the the water thing, because quite often you think you're hungry or you think you're peckish, but really you're thirsty. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I always have my water with me. I've been drinking throughout this thing too, um, you know, because I, I realise like, oh, I feel like something's missing, but sometimes you just need a glass of water. <laughs> you're like, oh, I actually feel better now. I don't have that craving anymore. So that could be a tip yeah. as well. Have a glass yeah. of water, see if the craving goes after that. Maybe it's thirsty. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, however, if, if this is a comfort craving, distracting yourself with some water might not do the trick 100%. And, you know, this is where I, you know, support my clients in understanding that, you know, we can do all these things to distract ourselves from eating. However, if we don't fix the underlying just a band-aid. It's just a band-aid. It's going to come off the minute you're stressed or there's just too much on your plate. And, yeah, so uh, but water is a really good tip. You know, we made up of like 70 80% water. So <laughs> keeping hydrated is really good for the mind. It is going to help with cravings a lot. So definitely keep the water intake going. <laughs> yes. And so if someone was to come to you, like, I've got this binge eating or overeating problem, what, what's kind of the first steps you take them through? Is it is, is it like going back to the why and then you help them through that why and that's where their NLP and EFT and all that comes in and then quite often it resolves itself? Like what usually happens? Actually, no, we need to fix the relationship with food first because if you have been comfort eating a lot, you have created some form of fear around food, fear that you might overeat in the next meal. There's a lot of anxieties that build up around food. There's a lot of labeling that we do in the end because we're like, well, you know, if I'm having chocolates every two, three nights, then I must be addicted to sugar or, you know, I just can't help myself. So it's, First, getting that right because our food again is one of our basic needs, and our body will always preference food over emotions. 
So, yeah, funny enough, like, you know, digging into the why first um, could possibly provide some insights, but the body might not be ready to take that on. Um, yes, you, it's true. Yeah. So work out the techniques first to or, or yeah, what, what you're eating and trying to stop that. So find ways to stop that happening and then see what comes out after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then basically we move into the emotional side um, where we get to the more deeper things, like, you know, making sure that we understand our triggers. Um, this is where, you know, we reform habits, uh, we reform beliefs around about ourselves, around food, um, and these all drive the behaviour of that comfort eating. So, you know, that, that's where obviously the long-sustaining work um, happens. But if, you, if we don't fix that, and that usually takes about four weeks in the beginning just to get people's um, foundations right around food before we can actually start, you know, I'll, I might do a little bit of emotional work um, in between with the foundation, but we can, like, we really delve deeper into that but later on. Yeah, I find it, yeah, really interesting, um, all of that, because I've gone through my yeah, phases throughout my life where, because I guess you place, we're guilty of placing labels on our food as the good foods and the naughty foods and, you know, and then if you may take comfort in the naughty foods, you're like, oh, this is just that little treat thing that I shouldn't be doing, but oh, and um, I'm just thinking of, you know, you know your teenage years going, oh, I'm going to do something naughty here and have, you know, um, don't let mum and dad know, but you're lying to yourself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I find it all really interesting how, how the process works. Um, so um, I think that's most of what I want to talk about with you today. So the next question, and if I always ask my guests, is how do you manage your health and wellness still? <laughs> Such a good question. Uh, I have so many things, but I think I'll stick with um, the most important one for me is um, prioritizing um, me time um, it has been a big one for me because, you know, back in when I had my um, issues with food was often because I didn't give myself any time. I was so outstretched that um, it really added to my anxiety levels. I, you know, hardly ever breathed, like breathed at all. <laughs> so me time possibly includes some yoga, some breath work, meditation is usually the things that I incorporate every day. And the second thing that I do and I work on this with my clients as well, is something that really helps me at nighttime is a power down hour where I switch off my technology and get ready for bed and then possibly do some reading, slight stretching, that kind of thing. Something that's just going to give my body that time to adjust and go, oh, okay, it's, it's time, time for bed. It's made such a huge difference in my life and most of my clients as well. That's something I'm working on. I've I've even set myself little reminders. I think it just says this week um, of 9 p.m. Put your yeah. phone upstairs, you know, and so I can have that final hour in front of TV. Like it could still be because that's my bonding time. My hubby usually on the couch in front of the TV, but if my phone's there, because that's what keeps me going. Oh, what's going on there? Oh, what's going? And that's mm. you know keep me going. Whereas TV, we're watching Friends on Netflix at the moment, so I find that it's quite relaxing, <laughs> you know, funny, whatever. I can not really think much, um, but it's my phone that I keep just going. 
oh, I'll just see. I'll go to oh, LinkedIn. Anyone comment? No, Facebook, no one. No. Okay. Yes. Right, nine o'clock, <laughs> put in my room and don't touch it for, you know, <laughs> I I admit I haven't been too good at that yet because I'm like, oh, but I'm mid-conversation with someone. I don't want to cut them off. Anyway. Yep. I actually have an app that switches them off at 9 p.m. Oh, what's that? <laughs> what That's called? Um, I think it's called App Blocker for Android phone, but you do get a couple um, that you can actually use. It's so handy. It actually it switches off at 9 and it only comes back at 8 a.m. in the morning because I have some me time in the morning. Oh, I should do that as well because I keep telling myself, no, I'm not going to look at my phone when I wake up. Mm-hmm. But then every morning I'm like, oh, it'll just help my eyes wake up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't need, and then of course I might see an email, and then I, you know, <laughs> and then it's switched on. And you sucked in, you sucked in for the day, you oh, know. I, yeah, okay, that's... <laughs> that's a whole other episode of trying to get through your digital addictions. Um, but yeah, and, and how can people connect with you? Oh, such a great question. So you can find me on um, Instagram at Wholesome Lifestyle Projects. Uh, also, my Facebook page is called Wholesome Lifestyle Projects. Or on LinkedIn, Estelle Coon Heath. Uh, I also have a supportive Facebook group community. Um, so if you are finding that you are struggling with comfort eating and comfort eating is getting out of hand, you can come and join us there. It's called Food Freedom for Binge and Emotional Eaters. And, you know, it's there I provide weekly content, um, live trainings, just on supporting, you know, um, all types of, all forms of overeating. So you don't have to be a binge eater to be in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically, basically where you find find me. Oh, love it. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Of course, um, I'll get onto that group because I, I am pretty good with my eating. Um, I think it's with me because I have lots of food intolerances and things. And so quite often I'm going to be really good. I'm like, oh, I just want to bend the rules a bit. I just want to have yeah. that little thing. Um, and so every now and again, I'll, I'll go a bit crazy, but then I know how to rein it back in. So I have, yeah, from my it's, teenage it's, years of just going a bit crazy, <laughs> now I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, it's very common with uh, people with intolerances or, you know, people who um, even people who choose to be vegan or um vegetarian i see that a lot like you know because of there's some form of restriction that we've either choose to add to our you know eating plan or we forced to with through intolerances or allergies and yeah i just so limited. oh just eh. um or even i after uh linda dyer's episode which was week or two ago um it was all about detox a three-day detox and i actually did it so everyone i think i did make myself accountable i said it on the podcast and i did it but man the day the fourth day i was craving i think i did pretty bad the fourth day because Mm -hmm. i just had the steamed fruit breakfast three days and just the veggie and i so then my stomach was actually a bit bloated because i went too hard too fast yep so, yes, I've been there, but I'm like, all right, that's okay. That was my first <laughs> month of trying this detox. Next month, I'll try again. <laughs> I'll just ease back into the treats. Um, but, yes, thank you so much for joining us today, Stella. That was a really great chat, and I hope that has helped out some people listening in as well with some little tips to stop with that comfort eating. 
Um, so thank you to the snuff for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. And if you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you liked the podcast. And if you want to learn more about generating leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.